take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black. Got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse. Ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley. You up off that porch now can't nobody tell me nothing you can't tell me nothing can't nobody tell me nothing all right everybody on behalf of horns down sportscast i'd like to thank you for joining us on our very first podcast so we created this to give ourselves a platform to discuss and debate sports mainly centered around wvu pittsburgh steelers penguins pirates we got absolutely smoke checked today, 10 to 0, so that's still a touchy subject. Today's podcast will be a lot of bouncing around, different things going on in sports. We're hoping once we start our Facebook page, we can get your feedback on which topics you'd like us to discuss, and we'll go from there. So without further ado, let's introduce the guys. So to start off, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm currently in the Marine Corps. I get out in one week. Uh, moving on, we'll switch it to Travis. Uh, my name's Travis. No, I'm Luke. And I'm Sizz. We're going to start off today by talking about the spring game that's coming up and everything WVU football. Uh, Logan, if you want to start off, uh, what do you think about the new head coach, Neil Brown? Uh, well, truthfully, I think bringing Neil Brown onto the Mountaineers campus was the best thing we could have done. I mean, a lot of fans love Dana and everything he did. I I liked him. I didn't love him. I The only thing that we got out of him was, of course, horns down. I mean, that's the biggest one he had was against Texas. Uh, a handful of times he let us down, especially this season. I We could have – we had so much more potential with all the talent we had, and we didn't really fulfill our expectations, especially how he, in my opinion, threw – the final game of the year. I understand that it was Greer's last game, but I still don't agree with that. So Neil Brown, yes, he's from a smaller school in Troy, but um, he had a better win at Troy than what Dana had in all eight years that he was a West Virginia head coach, being that he took a Troy program down to LSU and beat them. That means a hell of a lot to me, being that we just – recruited and got a coach like that so and he's also about family and his players which is also something dana lacked so there's my opinion on it if anybody else wants to touch on this subject yeah i've noticed since neil brown got on campus too there's just so much more like involvement from a fan's perspective like i just feel like with neil brown there i feel so much more involved like just like day-to-day stuff like hiring of coaches and stuff it's all he, he like broadcast everything so as a fan like that that's cool to kind of feel like you're in there on that um which you didn't see a lot of with dana i feel like dana kind of kept things under, under wrap and kind of did things his way and i, I like how neil brown kind of shows the fans like what you know what he's doing on a day-to-day basis and everything like that and says, I, I think i think he's a good coach too well, says I'm, you I'm have yeah, I'm just excited to see what uh, he's able to do at WVU. Um, I don't know. I agree with Logan. I really didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Dana. Um, I just, I don't know. I just feel like there's a new energy with Neil Brown coming in. I hope the players have the same, uh, a better energy with him than they did with Dana. It's not so much the players, but I just feel like Dana wasn't, I mean, he wasn't a terrible coach, but I, I definitely feel like Neil Brown's a better coach because, like Logan said, our, what was Dana's best uh, winning game? The Texas game? I mean, I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> Texas or LSU, you know what I mean? So that's my thoughts. Well, I, for one, you guys know that I'm a Dana fan and supporter. Um, but I also agree with a lot of things you guys said about Neil Brown. I think he brings more of a family atmosphere to, to WU as well as uh, getting someone like uh, Austin Kendall, which we're going to get into here, the quarterback co- competition at the view happening. How do you guys see that shaping out? Uh, I'd, I'd like to see Austin Kendall win the job, but 
uh, Neil Browns came out a few times and said, you know, Skylar Howard throwing the best ball. He said that uh, that walk on Trent is uh, his last name. Uh, give me a blank, but uh, he said that he's throwing the best ball. So Trent Jackson, as right? Trent Jackson. So as as of right now, it's uh, it's kind of hard to say who's got the starting job according to Neil Brown. But like I said, I'd like to see Austin Kendall win. Just you know, grad transfer from Oklahoma. You know, he sat behind two Heisman winning quarterbacks. I feel like he's got a lot of experience that I think we need with uh, Will Greer leaving for the draft. Logan, you have anything to add to that? Um, well, I'm personally surprised that we were even able to get Austin Kendall, especially from another Big 12 team. And I'm, what I'm also – what I'm more surprised with, I should say, is how Oklahoma screwed Austin Kendall, really. I mean, this was a guy at the beginning of last year, everybody was in talks, and all the coaches and players thought that Austin Kendall could beat Kyler Murray out for a starting job. And if he was that close to getting a starting job over a Heisman-winning quarterback, then what? why would you get rid of him? What made him lose his starting job for this year? I mean, you brought Jalen Hurts Beat out by Tua, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you brought Jalen Hurts in. I mean, I don't believe that's the answer. I'm not a big Jalen fan. And I think they did Austin Kendall the wrong way. But like I said, I'm excited for him to – join our program, and I'm excited to see what this kid can do. Because, remember, he out of high school, he was graded higher than Dwayne Haskins, and everybody saw the kind of rocket he has on his shoulder. Ain't a prayer. Anyway, I know you're also a Trey Lowe fan. If you want to talk a little bit about Trey Lowe, you like his athleticism? Well, I thought that it was bad coaching on Dana's part in that bowl game to not give Trey Lowe more snaps. Jack Allison was falling over his own feet and looked absolutely terrible out there. Trey Lowe, I thought, I mean, I haven't seen too many tapes on him other than his high school films because Dana has never put the ball in his hands other than on running plays. But from what Neil Brown has informed us with, this boy's got some whip. Yeah, he Neil Brown's came out and said that Jack Allison's been looking real good. That's mostly because I think of the more experience and time with his wideouts. I know Marcus Sims has been out with a personal issue. They haven't really came out with too much about it. Uh, he's supposed to miss all spring between that personal issue and uh, also has some injury problems. I think a hamstring. So hopefully all goes well with him and he gets back out there. So what else do you guys think about the uh, the running back committee? You think it's going to be like a three- or four-headed monster? You think someone's going to – get ahead and be a workhorse for this team. Between Matt, the- I'm going to let you jump onto this one before I do because I might be in there for a little bit longer. Let me hear your thoughts on it. Go ahead. Take the lead. All right. Well, I'm super – I'm ecstatic to see exactly what Letty Brown's going to bring to the field this year because, I mean, he was a power horse last year. And Sinkfield, I mean, barring some injuries, he looked great too. So – I'm ecstatic about that, and of course you can't fall, forget about the little speedster in Bush. I mean that boy, he's quick. Um, I don't think we got, I don't think he got the ball in his hands enough as what he should have last year. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. He's like a smaller version of Tavon Austin, if you'll say. And by smaller, I mean like not exactly as explosive. But I still think that he's going to be a fun player to watch this year. Yeah, I do agree with that. I, Neil Brown actually has brought a, brought uh, Bush up a lot in talking about different ways they're going to use him in the slot and everything like that. Uh, I think they could also use Kennedy McCoy out there too uh, with Letty Brown and Sinkfield and uh, Petaway behind the backfield as well. McCoy could be more of a third down back. And Sinkfield, he's got some explosiveness in him too. And then, uh, then you got Brown and Petaway with the pounding the rock. Um, I think it's going to be more of like a three quarterback or three running back system until someone has a good game and then they probably get most of his carries. Well, you, you just saw how, I mean, I didn't even hit on Petaway or McCoy, who's our more experienced backs. I mean, Petaway, he's an animal in there and he, he bulls over everybody really when he does get the opportunities. Now, how Dana was running them last year, I didn't agree with. 
Well, first of all, I I despised our offensive coordinator last year. Could not stand him. <laughs> That's a completely different subject because I could talk about. I could create my own podcast on him because I just yeah, like just a hate podcast. He's but a head I'm coach not gonna now. Jump into that. I don't care. He he's nothing. They're gonna win zero games. <laughs> I, yeah, it's that's terrible right there. But Kennedy McCoy, he's going to be a future NFL player for sure because he's a he's a really great receiving back. He's like James White in my opinion. Yeah, he's a do it all. Yeah. He's yeah, he's a do it all guy. He's a third down back if you want to make him that. He's I mean Petaway's more of a third down pounded kind of back. I think. yeah yeah. But Kennedy, Kennedy McCoy, he's he's pretty special too. However, the freshmen that we had last year, I'm really excited to see how they progress into this year. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, you guys aren't looking at this as like a rebuild year. Uh, that brings us to our poll that we had uh, over a thousand some votes on on Facebook, and we had like a few hundred on uh, Twitter as well. It seems to be that like the over under should be set about seven and a half, as most of the votes were about seven or eight wins. What do you guys feel like an over under seven and a half? You think we can get over that or under? Well, with the way – I think with the energy Neil Brown brings, it, I, I don't feel like it's going to be a rebuild year. I feel like he came in and he took his time hiring the right coaches and the right staff. And I feel I don't I, I don't see it as a rebuild year. I mean, he, he's got some big-name transfers and Austin Kendall. Actually, today, uh, WV Football just put on their Twitter, uh, Neil Brown brought in a uh, sophomore wide receiver, six foot 195 pounds from Temple. Uh, so he, he's transferring in. I just, I just don't see it as a rebuild year. I think we're going to be pretty hot this year. I think we'll win eight or nine games. Yeah, well, I, I agree. Uh, I think it'll be over seven and a half. Uh, I, I think we'll have a little bit of trouble with Texas and Oklahoma. I think those two. But, I mean, the rest of the games, I, I, I think we honestly have a chance. Uh, I like Austin Kendall a lot. I think he'll, he'll end up being a starter. Uh, but – I mean, I have the schedule in front of me. I mean, we have James Madison first. I mean, that's – I think we'll, <laughs> we got that under the wraps. But Missouri, I don't know. I don't know what their team looks like. I know they just got Kelly Bryant. I know he was good at Clemson uh, before he got uh, the job uh, stolen from him by Trevor Lawrence. But then we got NC State, Kansas. I think Kansas has a good secondary, but I think uh, – I think – those two games will be pretty good. And then, then comes Texas, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. I think that'll be a tough three-game stretch. Yeah, but, I see uh, at least two losses out of that one. Yeah, so. And then after that, we got Baylor, uh, Texas Tech, uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and TCU. So, I mean, I, I definitely think we'll, it will definitely win more than uh, seven and a half games. Uh, I, think we'll, I think we'll get around eight or nine, honestly. I personally believe it. I mean, this is my thoughts on this situation. It all starts with that second game of the year whenever we go down to Missouri and play Kelly Bryant and the boys. I, I, I'm excited for that matchup right there. If we beat Missouri down at Missouri, this is that Missouri team played Georgia hard last year, and everybody saw how good Georgia was. Alabama did not want to play Georgia. And everybody knows how good Alabama is. So if we beat Missouri, I think nine plus wins. But however, if we end up losing one to Missouri, I'm I'm gonna say seven. Yeah, that's where I'm coming in right around the seven mark myself. Uh, I think I do think that uh, Simmons, T.J. Simmons, you all seen the dance to that we the song that we have for our intro. <laughs> uh, I think he's gonna play a big ro- role this year, though. He seems to be step, stepping up as a leader in that wide receivers group since we lost Sills and Gary Jennings. We really need to get Marcus Sims back and working with the, whoever the quarterback's going to be. But I think uh, seven or eight wins. I'll tell you something that hasn't gotten enough credit is uh, Neil Brown bringing in his fellow defensive coordinator, Koning. And I'm ecstatic for this guy. I mean, you look at this, and while they were at Troy, the three seasons he was there, and last year they finished 28th nationally in points allowed and 31st nationally in yards allowed. I that's to me that's a hell of a step up from Tony Gibson. I mean, I wasn't a huge Gibson fan. A lot of guys were. However, our defense, uh, 
let us down previous years. Last year they weren't bad, but I think Koning's going to be a huge step in the right direction. I mean, he led his defenses were top forty in all three seasons he was coaching at Troy. Yeah, so, I do. Yeah, I do agree yeah, with a lot that you just said about that. Uh, I know. I'm excited has... to get out of that three-three-five, man. Yeah, that. A big Big Twelve always gets ripped on for defense. I'm excited to bring in somebody that ain't gonna put up with that shit no more. Yeah, I think he wants to run like a multiple set. Uh, right now, he's looking at a three-four because we need some more depth at the D tackle, which I think we're looking into the transfer pro- portal for. So I'm excited about that too. He wants to run more of a four-three, but like I said, I think right now it's gonna be the three-four. Well, just from a. Uh... This few practices they've had already, whenever they've done little scrimmages, offense and defense right now, the offense says that it just feels like they're playing 13 or 14 guys at all times. Them that still all, brothers. I mean, yeah, they're they're having troubles with our defense right now, yeah. which, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's just right here in the spring. It's very early on, and you can't really say anything. But the defense doesn't get enough credit whenever it comes down to it. Yeah, from what I'm hearing, them still boys are laying it down. And, uh, yeah, they came out and said they wanted to be the two the two best brothers talked about in college football. Yep, and I also heard Cohen's back on the field and looking good. So, or Cowan, I'm sorry. Yeah, I heard Cowan's back out there on the field and he's looking like a stud. I'm excited to see what this uh, this Saturday's Golden Blue Spring game is. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. Anybody else have anything else before we take a break here and then we'll get on some WVU basketball? Uh, horns down, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after this break with some WVU basketball for you. All right, everybody, welcome back to Horns Down Sportscast. Moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about WVU basketball. Uh, with the season coming to an end and, you know, the draft coming up, we're just going to hit a few key points on that and then move on from there. So, uh, Travis, what are your thoughts on Stagbox and Ate declaring for the draft? Well, I think uh, Mountaineer Nation needs to settle down about this a little bit. Uh, I see a lot of people getting on him about it, and honestly, it could help hurt us in the future. Uh, I know he hasn't played since December, and he's been injured, and a lot of people are bringing it up that it could be like a fake injury, this and that. Why is he going to the combine after being injured all year? Well, what he's going to the combine for is to get evaluated. And then the people that are evaluating him will tell him if he's getting drafted or not, and then he can pull out before the draft. Nowadays, they can either hire hire people to represent him like an agent, and he can even go to the combine. He can work out for the teams. And if he does end up staying for the draft, even if he doesn't get drafted, he can come back now. That's a new rule this year. They can come back if they don't get drafted. Well, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Bob Huggins should do with that uh, scholarship for him? You think he should go out and start recruiting or uh, save it for Kanate? I think that as of right now, until he actually goes all the way into the draft, because I feel like he would get drafted in, in the second round. I think he should just keep that scholarship sitting around. Worst comes to worst, you give it to Logan Route if Sags don't come back. So you think he's going to get drafted in the second round and stick with the draft or come back? What are your uh, thoughts on it? I don't know. I, I think that he could get drafted late second, depending on if he does show up for the combine and is healthy. If he's healthy, there's going to be a lot of – if he's not healthy, there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding whether he can come back and be his regular self. Logan, do you think if Sags does end up coming back, though, we can play him, Culver, and Oscar Shubway? all together or would you think we'd keep Oscar on the on a rotational until he gets the offense and defense down? I wouldn't uh just force Oscar right in there. However, he is good enough to just jump straight in there. But in my opinion, I think that the best thing for us is that Oscar did just commit to us. Because Kanate, if he leaves, Oscar fills that void that we that we needed filled. And for all of you that don't know Oscar Tishwebe actually attends the same high school, Kennedy Catholic High School in Pennsylvania, that actually Kanate went to. Yeah, they're so like brothers. That's, yeah, that's pretty neat. And uh, also, Bob Huggins got his second commitment in the 2019 class with the a, a three-star point guard, Miles McBride. So that's a hell of a pickup right there also. And I know our season didn't look great this year. However, we finished strong in the Big 12. We did knock off Texas Tech 
who is currently playing for the national championship against Michigan State or not Michigan State against Virginia. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited for next year. It's going to be something big because we had all that young talent this year and we didn't win it all, of course, but we didn't lose them all either. For yeah, lack of a better term. Speaking of uh, Texas Tech, uh, the Big 12 has a chance to get the triple crown after this weekend. I mean, Baylor won women's, Texas won NIT, horns down, by the way. And then uh, if we get Texas Tech to win, that'll look good for the Big 12. That's the triple crown right there. Looks uh, good for everybody but WVU. Oh, it looks fuck good for WVU because they beat no, Texas. Fuck, they were the last team to beat Texas Tech. everybody. Everybody else in the Big 12, horns fucking down. This is a one-man fucking ship. Maybe that's All the right? next poll we'll put out is if uh, we want to hear you guys' input. Should we root for Texas Tech or should, be, should we be salty like Matt and not like any Big Look, 12 team? If it, us? Ain't us, if it ain't us, fuck them. Horns down. Uh, also, and on the same subject as basketball, I was in discuss- discussions with Kevin Jones in the uh, Final Four podcast, and they were going to come on this weekend, but – They've had other obligations this weekend, but I'd like to get them on because John Flowers and company, they're starting an alumni team, and they're going to be practicing uh, with an alumni game against – I think they're trying to get play either the girls' team, alumni team, or they're trying to get – they were going to try to get, like, uh, the upperclassmen from this year's team to play, but uh, as you can tell, they all are either kicked off the team or left or transferred. But uh, the players so far that are confirmed to play with John is uh, John, uh, Joe Alexander, Kevin Jones, and Deshaun Butler. So that's something to look out for. We're going to go ahead and transfer on. We're going to start uh, talking about the NFL and the NF- coming, upcoming NFL draft. So uh, stay tuned with us. All right. Welcome back to Horns Down Sportscast. Moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft and uh, a little drama going on right now between A.B. and Juju Smith-Schuster. So, uh, Logan, you want to fill us in on that? All righty. So, uh, here's basically what happened. All right. Antonio Brown was kind of ruffled up over Juju winning the old team MVP thing. So, this is what he threw out there on Twitter. He said, emotion. Boy fun with the whole postseason in the biggest game of the year. Everyone went blind, too. Busy making guys famous, not enough reality these days. So Juju comes back with, man, keep your emotions off the internet. All I ever did was show that man love and respect from the moment I got to the league. I was generally happy for him, too, when he got traded to Oakland. What a big contract. And now he takes shots at me on social media. So then Antonio Brown decides to upload a little picture and a little DM of his messages with Juju when he got in the league. Because Juju hit him up and said, what's up, A.B.? I'm a receiver at the University of Southern Cal. I appreciate all your work. You're a great man on and off the field. Do you have any tips that can help take my game to the next level? Thanks, man. And that right there just really grinds my gears, especially because the caption that Antonio Brown put underneath that photo right there, it was hashtag on to the next. That's disrespect. And even a mic, like mic drop, that's Right there, that's disrespectful. I don't care who you are. It's got a lot of NFL players outraged right now. I mean, Eric Weddle is on fire. It's crazy. So, Siz, how do you feel about this? I, like, I don't know what he thinks he's doing right now, honestly. Uh, everything he's saying is just making himself look bad. Like, he's not with the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore, so why is he still taking shots at us? You know what I mean? And like Juju said, Juju has been nothing but happy and showed nothing but respect for that man for being one of the best receivers in the league for the past eight years. And he's still throwing shots at Juju. I I just can't wrap my head around why he's still worried about the Steelers when he should be worrying about whether or not Derek Carr is going to be able to throw the ball to him like Big Ben Roethlisberger did. Because in my opinion, Derek Carr is no big – Ben, you know what I mean? So, like, don't get me wrong. I feel like Derek Carr can ball, but, like, he, he's not a Ben Roethlisberger. And he hasn't, in my opinion, he hasn't really proved himself yet in the NFL. And if it was me and all these players are reacting to what AB is putting on Twitter and stuff going after Juju. I know Justin Reed from uh, the safety from Tech, 
a Texan that he was pretty <laughs> – he said, I can't wait to hit that man. And uh, I know Eric Weddle, the safety for the uh, Los Angeles Rams, said that he lost all respect for A.B. So, like, he's he's making everybody mad in the NFL just by tweeting all this. And, uh, honestly, I don't think it's good for the Raiders. I don't, I don't know why they're continuing to let him tweet this stuff and everything. I just – I don't agree with it, and it's just making him look bad. So Yeah, I agree with you guys 110% on this one. You guys know I wasn't the biggest Juju fan at first, but this is starting to make me gain some respect for him, the way he's handling this. Uh, also, I wanted to, uh, along with this subject, do you think uh, Mike Tomlin should take any blame for all this drama and stuff that's been happening with this team? Mike and- Tomlin is not on the hot seat. I've seen you've all seen the segment going around uh you know undisputed and all that other all them other sports shows. This They're is a Chargers right. fan by the way. Yeah, Chargers fan. This is coming from me. They're absolutely right. Mike Tomlin should not be on the hot seat. How how do you put a coach that has never had a losing record with your franchise on the hot seat? See, I'm a Steelers you fan got, and I think uh, no, this year listen, don't listen, end listen, good. Listen. Listen, you're going this year this year is really going to tell the tale. If you get Bell out of there and AB out of there. Not by that's, his that's doing. That's your draw right there. Not by his doing. He didn't do it on purpose. What do you mean he didn't do it on purpose? Obviously, you can't – Le'Veon Bell not showing up. Yeah, you Le'Veon like, left. You can't stop and, that. And AB was Trade. getting out. AB was getting traded by the organization that Mike Tomlin is a part of. If, yeah. you, if you're telling me the head coach of a football team doesn't have anything to do with the trade, you're high. Unless you're Hugh Jackson, no. Nah. Um, I, I, you can't put Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. You just can't. I think he let this team run rampant for way too long. It turned into a circus out. Let me uh, jump on here about your whole Mike Tomlin. First of all, do you realize that Mike Tomlin's winning percentage is the second highest out of active uh, coaches currently with over 300 games played? I would hope so when you have the best right. roster in NFL every year. Let's say 150 games played because what do you mean the best roster in the NFL? The Rams last year. Not Look at last that roster. Year, last year, but he can only win one Super Bowl, and that was with Cowers players. He couldn't win any Super Bowls with A.B. and Le'Veon having the best two running back and wide they're, receivers they're in the game. I know they are. But he let AB he, he let AB wasn't a cancer at on, first. He let it, he let this AB, shit happen. AB wants to talk about Juju fumbling, but uh, in 2013, didn't he personally step out of bounds against the Dolphins? I'm not exactly sure of the year, but I've just been seeing it all comes this down shit. to AB, t- discipline. AB has and you seen in the playoffs more times than fucking Juju. It comes down to discipline, it, and it starts with the head coach. Do you ever see him try to trip a player on the field? Did you watch that Ravens game? So so now you're gonna fire a head coach, put him on the hot seat. If he, let's play. see let's see no. I said what the team that, four comes, years ago. The team <laughs> it, yeah, as soon as A B served this bullshit and Levy on. Oh, him. get out of here, Travis. Oh yeah, A B told fucking Mike Tomlin to trip him. Get the no, fuck out. No, that's not what I said. I said it's discipline in the team. There was no discipline in that locker room. And it starts with the head coach. And when your head coach is out there doing shit like that, then I don't know. I don't, you can't discipline the players for it because your head coach is doing it. I don't know how you're going to fire a coach. This I didn't is his say whole fire him. I didn't say player. fire him right no, 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 no. now. I said no. if he, if okay. he can't play next, if he don't make it to the playoffs next year, then I, I say ship his goddamn ass. It comes Tra- with the the out, out of the the onside kicks now. calls are ridiculous. Oh, are he has no time management. Go ahead, says. Do you realize out of the ten or twelve? years, Years that he's been coaching, we missed the playoffs twice. Our record: 2018, nine six and one; 2017, thirteen and three; 2016, look at the roster: 2015, ten and six; 2014, eleven and five; 2013, eight and eight; 2012, eight and eight; 2011, twelve and four; 2010, twelve and 2009, 9 and 7. Okay, okay, okay. Listen. But in 2008, we went to the Super Bowl and won. AB's post should say that that fucking Mike Tomlin lost him the season, not Juju. But it didn't. You you realize all these all these players. It's offside calls. It's goddamn stupid time management. Going for it on fourth down. You're saying 
You're saying his time management caused AB to go off the fucking wall. All the fucking no, 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 no. We missed the playoffs for it. Came out we missed the playoffs years ago, saying that fucking AB is the fucking is the problem. AB is problem. I understand AB is the problem, but he let the, him be the problem. That's the problem, right there. That he let no, him be a problem. That's not even true. It, I heard, I was listening to the first take today just to get up on a little bit of knowledge and stuff. That's with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, and literally they were saying that. Antonio Brown's ego and he is self-absorbed in himself is so big that he he doesn't listen to anybody. Okay, Mike one more no, 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 let, let me finish. Let me finish. When Yeah, Travis, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Grow up. When he was that that I think it was a playoff win when when uh, Mike Tomlin and everybody was in the locker room and AB did Facebook Live. While he was doing that, Literally, you can hear Mike Tomlin saying, stay off social media, while Antonio Brown is literally right there recording. You can, you can only tell somebody so much stuff, and it's up to them whether they listen. They're grown-ass men. I, yeah, I don't know. But before it got this bad, they could have either shift his ass out, not for a goddamn thing. He's been thir- doing this since he was not, young, Travis. No, he hasn't. He was the yes, most. He, he was the most respectful uh-huh. player coming okay, out. Of, he was a, like a what a six round pick. Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark literally just tweeted today or yesterday and said something about how when he and Ryan Clark's been out of the league for a good while, and he because he played with Paul and Marlowe in them. He literally just tweeted and said something along the lines of he. Said something to Dick LeBeau, and I, Logan, go ahead and tell him what he said. Uh, this is what Ryan Clark put out. <clears throat> he said he tweeted and said, "Yet everyone was mad at me. Now they're starting to see it because Ryan Clark had said that Antonio Brown verbally assaulted Dick LeBeau during a practice back in 2012, and Ryan Clark said for years that Brown's attitude would only get worse after he." got paid, which is exactly what did happen. And to jump back on your situation about Europe, Mike Tomlin not having ass, which I don't understand that at all. But what you need to realize is that injuries are very much a huge factor in how teams play in the year. And if you look at every year in the past three years, you want to bring in Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell in the playoffs, one of those two have gotten hurt or at the end of the season, which has Greatly changed. No, he just sat out. What? AB just sat out. He wasn't. No, no, no. no. We're talking about past years. Le'Veon got hurt, and I think it was the AFC Championship game two years ago against the Patriots. And when he got hurt, the whole freaking stuff changed because we we didn't have a run game. And then the year that uh, AB got hurt by Perfect in the playoffs, we didn't have AB when we played the next uh, our next opponent in the playoffs, and we lost. Okay, well we can go on. For this forever, we're gonna we're gonna have to move on, and then come back to it during the season or something. Whenever we see how well right. it's going, uh, let's talk about who you think the Steelers uh, should get in the draft. I mean, it's I mean it's hard to tell. Uh, I'm really I, I, me and Logan agree on this. I'm really hoping our first three picks, or at least our first two picks, is a corner and a middle linebacker. I don't care which one they pick in first and second round. I really don't want to see a wide receiver go in the first or second round just for the simple fact we just drafted James Washington last year. I think he's going to be good. Eli Rogers is coming back. He's been a solid uh, player for us for the past few years as well. I know he was hurt last year, but the past few years before that, he was doing really well. Um, Juju, uh, I I just would hate to see us take a wide receiver that early in the draft. Uh, I would really like to see Devin White or um, – Devin Bush dropped to us, but I think that both of those are – I think uh, Devin White's going to go in the top five, and I think that Devin Bush is going to go within the top 15. Yeah, we I think we'll, 20, def- so. we'll definitely probably have to trade up if we want to get Devin White, which I hope we do yeah. with all the – we have 10 picks this year. I hope we trade our 20th overall in like a third rounder or something to get up there in the top 10 and get Devin White. But I think if we don't do that, we could at least trade up a little bit for like a first and a fifth or something, get up in that top 15 range to try to get Devin Bush. And if they're not planning on doing that, I would just go corner like uh, Byron, Murphy, Byron Murphy. Yeah. Greedy, yeah. Greedy Williams, I mean. Yeah. And then uh, get someone like uh, David Long in the second. 
What do you think, uh, Walt? Good, Walt. Well, I'm going to uh, jump in here and say one thing that is very uncharacteristic of Pittsburgh and what Colbert had put on here is we normally don't trade up for anybody. How, If we trade up for a wide receiver, I will be so mad it's unreal because everybody knows what Pittsburgh does with low, like late draft picks uh, wide receivers. Six-round Antonio Brown. We got Juju. And what do we, I think, well, Juju was a pretty early pick. Wasn't he a second, I believe? But, yeah. And I didn't agree with that, but now I'm – Neither did I. God. So, I mean, I'd be – we have four picks in the first 83 picks. So, I'm content with that. And Colbert said when you have 10, you have ammunition. To either take 10 players or use ammunition to trade up, which that's where we come in with being uncharacteristic because Pittsburgh is not known for trading up unless it's like a really needy position like quarterback. I don't see us trading up for a wide receiver. However, if we would trade up for a linebacker or one of the superior cornerbacks, I would be okay with that. However, I do see a linebacker or a cornerback falling to us at the 20th pick, and then maybe that whenever we get to our second-round pick, I think we could either take another safety, even though I'm a huge Terrell Edmonds fan, but they were talking that uh, – what's his last name? Rapp. I think he's pretty uh, He's pretty yeah. solid. Taylor Rapp out of Washington. Yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty good. good. I'm, Washington has some good boys in this draft, and I'm excited to see how they do or one of the top corners. Matt, what's your idea? Um, from an outside perspective, kind of looking in, I'm not a Steelers fan. I don't really follow them that much. Uh, I mean, do you guys think Ben's – how long do you think he's hanging on for? Do you think Mason Rudolph is the answer? Gotta, I'm pretty high on Mason Rudolph. We got to at least give him a shot. I mean, you can't. Yeah, we got to give him a shot. We just drafted he's him last year. Like, yeah, he's built just like Ben. And he proved in college that he can ball. So, I mean, even uh, I think Kevin Colbert got asked the question about whether we were going to draft a quarterback this year. And he said, absolutely not. He said, our plan is with Mason Rudolph. He said, we really haven't even got to see him play yet. So, like, we can't really judge whether he can play or not. So, like, we got to give him at least a chance. So. Yeah, yeah. not only yeah. that, but Dobbs has shown a lot of promise, too, coming in. He wasn't even supposed to make the squad this year. He was supposed to get cut instead of uh, Landry Jones. And uh, I'm thankful that he he's not the one yeah, that got cut. Well, also, whenever you're drafting a quarterback that you uh, see a future in, one key element you want to draft also is a wide receiver that he knows. And we took James Washington last year, who is going to have a hell of a second year, I think so, which is why we don't need to point out a wide receiver in the first round because James Washington, he he will fight for a ball. He will come down with a ball, and he's a big play receiver. We didn't see him much last year, but now you get that uh, that cancer out of our locker room, and Antonio Brown is probably going to talk shit on him next, too, for some reason. But I'm just excited to see what he does. And Mason Rudolph, when he gets in there and starts slinging balls, but – for your question, I think Ben's got another couple years. Yeah, I think um, my my dream draft for the Steelers would be them for them to trade up and get uh, White in the first, and then either probably get a corner in the second, and then uh, I heard some ramblings that they're wanting to get Sills. I heard they're they're high on Sills, so getting yeah. him in the third, I think that'd be huge. Yeah, we shared something on our uh, Facebook page about them being interested in Sills. It was them and the Saints that were real interested in them. So. Tell you what, you guys better use one of them 10 picks to get some fucking competition for Chris Boswell because. Nah, I think we just got that big contract. It's all in his head. Listen to Pat McAfee. Yeah, he'll come back. I think he'll be good. And if not, we got uh, that Matthew McCrane. He did pretty decent last year at the end of the year. So. Hey, Matt, from an outsider's perspective, who do you think runs the uh, AFC North after this offseason? Oh, boys, fiery subject. Look, I knew this question was going to get brought up, and I'm feeling pretty fucking dangerous about it. I fucking the hate AFC you. The AFC North runs through Cleveland from here on out. Anytime Baker Mayfield steps on that field, you better watch out. Jesus. You guys can fucking throw your terrible towels around all you want. Baker Mayfield will win the AFC. You're going to have everybody well, along with Jarvis Landry and OBJ. Uh, well, hey, fuck him in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Logan. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm here to put in my fucking my input. This is my personal opinion. If well, y'all hate me for that, then fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw my personal opinion. This is why his opinion is irrelevant. Oh. If y'all can name the last time. Nope. Uh, uh, San, wait, San Diego? No, last time I checked, 
Los Angeles. They had to switch because there's more fans in you LA. You mean the last time the Los Angeles Chargers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh and made the playoffs and the Steelers didn't? Uh, yeah, I remember that. We're not that. getting on this. Relevant playoff game. No, I remember yeah. that. We're not getting no, on I was this gonna because say, that game was rigged. I was going to say uh, the last time the Chargers actually won a meaningful Super Bowl. Well, oh, yeah. wait. wow, we went there. We went wait. there in '92. Not that I was even alive, but hey, we haven't. Yeah, well, guess what? Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, <laughs> and that's irrelevant Regard- information no, right no, now. All right, let's stay on the AFC. North. Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, David Joku, Antonio Cowboys. I mean, I can go on and on. The, the Browns are loaded. The They're Browns still are, the Browns. Let they win the AFC North is, is you know that's still up for debate. But I'm just saying right now, on paper, that their roster is scary. And if I were a Steelers fan, I'd be I'd be nervous a little bit. But then again, the Steelers have, have never been an underdog, so it's kind of cool to be able to watch how that how it's going to play out. And you're giving us ten draft picks. Ten. That's I mean, it's not like we only have two to play with. You're giving us right. ten. You're giving us a. Pro Bowl running back who is ready ready to bull over everybody and play ball because he's probably irritated right now. Even though Le'Veon Bell gave him a ton of respect, and I respect Le'Veon for that. Yeah, James Conner is going to fire out this year. Ben is pissed this year, and Juju's even more mad. So right now our offense, I'm, I'm ready for us to hum. Vance McDonald, everybody saw what he could do. He's going to put your face in the dirt and run for 75 yards and just carry five defenders with him. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then – our defense is about to play good because you have Terrell Edmonds back there, second Jesus. year safety. He literally – hold on one second. Jabril Peppers, everybody's high on this guy. <laughs> well, guess what? He is not a red-hot chili pepper, folks. He's not at the I'm going to tell you anymore. what he is not. I don't care if he's with the Browns or if he was with the Giants, which he is now, because Terrell Edmonds had one less tackle than second-year guy Jabril Peppers. Yeah, well, I – uh, that's another subject where I think uh, the Giants are more happy with their trade than the Browns are. But we need to get moving on to the uh, NFL draft and who we think our mock top ten is, as well as uh, who we think the WU players are going to go to if we think they're going to go in the first round. So uh, when we get back here, uh, we'll be talking about the draft. Three. All right, everybody, welcome back to Horns Down Sportscast. Moving on, we're going to give our uh, top 10 picks, uh, you know, in our little mock drafts we've created. And uh, if we have any Mountaineers going in the first round, we're going to go ahead and talk about that a little bit. So, uh, Siz, give us your top 10. Uh, number one, I got uh, Arizona picking uh, Kyler Murray, uh, quarterback from Oklahoma. Um, number two, I got San Francisco picking Nick Boza from Ohio State. Uh, he's an edge rusher. Um, number three, I got the Jets picking Josh Allen. Uh, he's from Kentucky. He's an outside linebacker. Um, at four, I got Oakland picking Quentin Williams uh, from Alabama. He's a defensive tackle. Um, number five, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers picking Devin White uh, from LSU. He's a middle linebacker. Uh, I think that'll be a good pick for them just for the simple fact they just got rid of uh, Quan Alexander, and I mean, there isn't a better middle linebacker in the draft. I mean, Devin White ran a 4-4-2 40 times, so. Uh, at six, I got the Giants picking Dwayne Haskins, uh, Ohio State's quarterback, um, if they don't trade to get Josh Rosen, but that's another topic. Um, at seven, I got the Jags taking Jawan Taylor. He's a tackle from Florida. Um, they need to stiffen up their offensive line. Um, at eight, I got the Lions taking Montez Sweat uh, from Mississippi State. He's an edge rusher. Uh, that really solidify their uh, defensive line. Um, on the other side, they'd have Trey Flowers, uh, the former Patriot, uh, and the D tackle they have is Damian Harris. So they're really, really good uh, if they would make that pick. Uh, number nine, I got the Bills taking Rashawn Gary uh, from Michigan, right end. And at 10, I got Drew Locke going to the uh, Broncos uh, quarterback from Missouri and I I think it's a possibility that Will Greer is going to go in the first round of the Patriots at 32 but I think the more realistic pick is him going at the Patriots in the second round to either their 56th overall pick or 64th overall pick 
So uh, that wraps up my mock draft there. So, Well, I'll go ahead and uh, jump in with mine. First, I do have Kyler Murray going only because Cliff Kingsbury being the head coach at the Arizona Cardinals and how high he is there. Second, San Francisco, I believe they're going to take Nick Bosa. We've all seen his brother and what he can do. So why would Nick be any different, right? And third, I got the Jets taking Quinnen Williams, the defensive tackle from Alabama. That would be a hell of a pick. Everybody everybody knows who Quinnen Williams is now. And fourth, I got Josh Allen. He's going to the Raiders. I, I like that pick a lot. They do need a pass rusher ever since the Khalil Mack deal. Uh, I got Tampa Bay taking Montez Sweat at five. I like that pick a lot, too. Montez Sweat's an animal. He's pretty damn quick. We all saw that. Six, I got the Giants taking Rashawn Gary. He's at end from Michigan. That's going to fulfill some needs that they need there. I mean, I, everybody had hype on them taking Haskins. However, I I don't believe they're going to because they just signed Eli Manning. I got Jacksonville at seven taking Juwan Taylor, offensive tackle from Florida. You got to block for Nick Foles. You block for old Big Dick Nick, and you see what he does. Detroit's going to take Devin White at eight. I believe so. I mean, Detroit's been throwing all sorts of money in a free agency. Now they need a fast linebacker. I believe Ed Oliver's going to go nine. I don't know where the hype went for him. Everybody's been kind of quiet about him. I still think he's pretty damn good. Buffalo's going to take him. And then at 10, I do have the uh, Denver Broncos also taking Drew Locke. I think – I do not believe he's the best quarterback there. I I think Dwayne Haskins is better than Locke, but I think Drew Locke fits Denver's system better. And what they were saying is that Denver's pretty interested in him. So that about rounds up my top 10 there. And I don't think that Will Greer will go at 32 to the Patriots. I'd like that. However, uh, I think that Will Greer will go to the Patriots eventually, but I don't – I don't know if it's going to be the first or second round. Okay, I'm going to jump in here. Uh, I got Kyler Murray going number one also to the Cardinals. Number two, I have Quinton Williams going to the 49ers. Number three, I got Nick Bosa going to the New York Jets. Number four, I got Josh Allen also going to the Raiders since uh, Khalil Mack ain't there and old Brew serving. Number five, I got Ed Oliver, defensive tackle. Number six, I was going between Noarm Haskins and Montez Sweat, and I think if Sweat's still there, they're going to take that because Haskins can't throw past the line of scrimmage. But we'll talk about that next week when we give our top ten quarterbacks. Uh, number seven, uh, Jawan Taylor from Florida. I also agree with Logan that they need to protect Nick Foles. That's a lot of money to be putting into a quarterback and not protecting him. Uh, number eight, Brian Burns, edge rusher from Florida State to the Lions. And then right here, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to have the Steelers trade the Buffalo Bills for that number nine pick and pick Devin White out of LSU. Number Come 10, on, man. <laughs> number 10, uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, I'm going back and forth from Will Greer to uh, – block here uh i know early on uh the broncos really liked greer and they and as of late they've liked Locke a lot also i know they met with both those quarterbacks at the senior bowl i'm going to give it to lock here and i think uh just to get it out of the way i think the Bengals are either going to select greer or haskins but i think with the media hyping haskins all the way up where he's not even top three quarterback in this draft class. He's going to get number 11. And then I think Greer might fall to number 32. You said it. You heard it right, fall. All right, Matt. All right, so off my mock draft here, I got Kyler Murray going to the Cardinals. I think, you know, there's consensus and everyone, just about everybody's mock drafts. Uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is bringing in that air raid offense, and Kyler Murray is a perfect fit for it. Um, that being said, Nick Boza is going to fall to number two for the 49ers. Uh, like Logan was saying, he's an outstanding edge rusher. You know, if he's anything, if he's going to be anything like his brother in NFL, he's going to be just just fine. Jets, I got him getting an edge rusher, Josh Allen from Kentucky. Number four, I got uh, the Raiders selecting defensive tackle Quinn Williams. Number five, I got the Buccaneers selecting selecting Devin White, linebacker from LSU. Um, 
offensive line was a big need here. I didn't know. I thought they might take Juwan Taylor, but I'm, I'm leaning more towards Devin White. Number six, I do have the Giants selecting Dwayne Haskins. He's a hometown kid up there. I think all of New York wants him. I've been reading reports that the Giants aren't so high on him as everyone thinks they are, but I think I think they're going to get their quarterback right there in Dwayne Haskins, number six. That's probably because he never number throws seven. beyond the line of scrimmage. Well, they don't have a downfield threat anymore. Antonio, or Odell Beckham's gone now. So. I'm at Ohio State, but my bad. Keep going. Uh, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's going to transfer well up there in New York. Little slant routes and big routes. Uh, number seven, uh, I got Jaguars selecting Juwan Taylor off in the tackle out of Florida. Like they were saying, Nick Foles needs protection in the pocket. Um, number eight, I got the Lions selecting uh, Montez Sweat, edge rusher from uh, uh, Mississippi State. He ran a four 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 one, which is faster than Julio Jones, Odo Beckham, Antonio Brown. So I think he's going to be an immediate impact player for them. Uh, number nine. I got the Buffalo Bills selecting Ed Oliver, defensive tackle out of Houston. Uh, I think he's an all-around good, uh, good player. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to come in and start immediately and make a difference for that Bills defensive line. And then at number 10, I got the Broncos selecting Devin Bush, linebacker out of Michigan. Uh, with Brandon Marshall leaving a free agency, they have a need there at linebacker. Um, I know a lot of people are mucking quarterbacks right here, but I think John Elway is pretty high on Joe Flacco right now. I think he's in a win-now mode. So I think they're going to fill their holes on defense before they go and get a quarterback. Next year's quarterback class is up. I, th- I think it's going to be a little bit more talented than this year's uh, class. And then uh, for me personally, I got I got Will Greer going number 13 to the Miami Dolphins. Right now they got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starter. And we've seen what he can do. He can get on a streak and play some good ball, but – I think they have a need a quarterback, and I think Wilger is the best available right there. And uh, that's going to go ahead and wrap up this uh, our first episode on Horns Down Sportscast. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Um, and uh, always remember, Horns Down. Almost heaven, West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place. Oh